In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 282 of the Love Life Connection podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited to be connecting with you this week. And while this is a normal episode of the podcast, so it's the second Thursday of the month, it's a solo episode, this episode is actually part of my Worthy in Love podcast tour. So if you are coming in from that tour, a huge welcome to you. I am so excited you're here. I would love for you to hit subscribe. I've got tons of great content for you. I bring people onto the show where I coach them through you know, a problem or a situationship that they're having in their life. And I do that through inner child work and just inner work in general. So if you're kind of unclear, like, well, what does that look like? And you're used to more of like the dating strategy kind of thing, then you'll really love my podcast. So I really encourage you to subscribe and listen. All right. So like I said, for most of this month, I am hosting a podcast tour, which means every day for just over two weeks, I am highlighting a podcast that I think you would love. Yesterday, Teal Elizabeth from the Relax Into Love show shared her episode. And tomorrow, Marnie Batista from The Dating Den is on deck. So each of the hosts that I have lined up for the podcast tour is going to share an episode on their podcast that has something to do with feeling worthy in their love life. Now, everyone obviously has their own specialties and expertise and experience, so everyone's going to have their own flavor to how to feel more worthy. And so I really encourage you to listen to as many of the episodes as you can as possible and really just see what resonates with you. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to sign up for the podcast tour at veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. There you'll find a list of all of the podcasts who have already gone. It'll just be like a clean email with all of the links to all of those episodes. And then for the episodes that haven't been released yet, I'm going to send you a weekly recap email of those podcast episodes. So while there will be new episodes every day, I'm not sending you a daily email with those episodes. You will get a recap so you can just open up that email and click on the episodes that resonate with you most. 
You can also follow along live. So like I said, Teal Elizabeth from Relax Into Love was yesterday. So you can look for her podcast. Tomorrow, Marnie Batista from The Dating Den is going. So you can look for her podcast as well, wherever you're listening to your podcast. And every podcast that is going is going to share the podcast that was the day before and the day after. So you also can follow along live if you would like. Okay, so because obviously this podcast tour is about worthiness, I want to talk about worthiness on this episode. But what I want to talk about specifically is how it relates to body image. I think a fairly universal challenge women face is not feeling pretty or skinny enough for the relationship they want. I've had clients tell me that they feel like they need to lose weight before they can date or that they think the kind of person that they would be attracted to wouldn't be attracted to them because of their body size. I've even worked with people who were actually in a relationship but didn't want to have sex with their partner because they were embarrassed because their partner was skinnier than them. So if you can relate, you are so not alone. In today's episode, I want to share my own bumpy journey to body acceptance and how overcoming my body dysmorphia helped me to attract the relationship that I really wanted. And I want to present that this is a tender topic, and I'm going to do my best to speak about it with great care. So I want to encourage you as you listen and hopefully implement some of the stuff that I talk about to do the same. Beating yourself up, well, it really never works, but especially when it comes to bodies and how we eat and how we move and all that kind of stuff. This shit, and I'll talk about this, runs real, real deep. And I think this goes well beyond just our families of origin. It's really the society and culture that we live in. And so it requires the utmost tenderness from ourselves. Okay, so I just want to say that. Um, And before we get started, one more thing. If you are new to me and you're coming from the podcast tour, I just want to say a big welcome to you. My name is Veronica. I am the host of the Love Life Connection podcast. And again, I really hope that you subscribe wherever you listen to this show. Every week on the show, I bring you either an episode with just me or I bring on an expert and we talk about something as it relates to your love life. And then every other week, so the other two Thursdays of the month, I bring on either a client or I bring on a listener to the show and I coach them through a problem or a question or a situationship that's going on in their love life. And I really encourage you to listen to those coaching episodes because if you're kind of like, well, what does the inner work look like? Or how is this different than therapy? Then those coaching episodes are going to be really powerful because they're really just like pulling the curtain back and looking behind the scenes is what it's like, you know, when I do the work with my clients. I really believe the only way we can change who we attract and what's going on in our love life as a whole is to really ask ourselves, why do we attract those people? Or why do we put up with scraps? Why do we do the things that we do? You know, you can update your profile for the millionth time, you can get on the apps, you can get off the apps, you can get on the apps, off the apps, you can up your texting game, you can do all of that kind of stuff. But none of that is going to help you get into a healthy, long term, deep, loving relationship. You know, I, I really don't care what dating rules you play by or want to play by. What I want you to do is what feels good for you. So if that means having the DTR, if that means setting a boundary, if that means asking for what you want, if that means ending a relationship, even though it looks good on paper, those are the rules that I want you to play by. And even though it sounds really easy to do that when I say it out loud in practice, sometimes it can be really challenging because we might have these deep, deep rooted beliefs around 
but can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? Am I worthy enough to do that? Are they still going to love me? Are they still going to want me if I ask for this thing? All of these things begin to come up, plus other people's expectations and opinions and all that kind of stuff. And it can just really muddy down the whole process. So this show is all about letting go of all of that, clearing your space out of old beliefs from your family of origin, beliefs from the patriarchy and society and all that kind of stuff so that you can really be operating from your most sovereign, powerful self so that you are most likely to then be able to attract what you want to attract. All right. So one more thing. Last week on Monday, I kicked off the Worthy and Love podcast tour with an episode about the difference between feeling confident and feeling worthy. This is not semantics. I really do believe that it's the difference between a band-aid and actually getting to the root of the issue. I find that a lot of people tell me they don't have a worthiness problem because they are confident and they know what they want and they know they deserve it. But I think that is very, 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 very different than actually feeling worthy, right? And having that like at a deeper place, that knowing. So I encourage you, if you haven't already, make sure you listen to that episode. Again, that episode kicked off the podcast tour. You're listening to Live Connection. So all you have to do is just scroll down your podcast player. It's about two episodes back. And in the title is also Love Pod Tour. So you should hopefully be able to easily identify it. And again, if you want quick access to that episode, plus all the other episodes that have been released in the podcast tour, make sure you go to veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour and get that list. Okay, so if you're new to me, just to give you a brief background, I actually started my business as a health coach, and that was my original training. I struggled with dieting and exercise and my body really for just about as long as I can remember. The first moment I ever felt fat, I actually can put a specific moment to that. I was on the bus. I was, oh, I don't know, however old you are in sixth grade, so 10 or 11, gosh, maybe 11. It was the first moment in my life I felt, oh my gosh, I'm fat. And I then proceeded to go on my first diet. And obviously I knew what to do. I knew how to diet. I knew that counting calories would help me lose weight. I knew because I saw the women in my family do that. And I also figured out that when I was looking skinnier, I would get compliments by my friends. I would also get compliments and attention and praise from the other women in my family. And over time, getting that approval felt good. I felt, oh, I'm doing something right. This is good. And over time, that approval became validation. And I confused that validation with being enough and also feeling loved. And so without going to detail, this was basically my life for the rest of my childhood and well into my 20s. I was always on the diet train, then I fell off the diet train on the diet train, then I fell off the diet train. And at the height of being on my diets, I would, um, I was counting calories, I was using my fitness pal, very popular app. And, you know, I would write down everything that I ate. And then let's say it would be like four or five o'clock, and I was going to go to happy hour, some of my friends after work, but I realized, oh, my God, I only have 300 calories left. I can't have a glass of wine and dinner. So I would literally close the door of my office and do jumping jacks for however long I needed to do it in order to quote, unquote, earn the calories for, you know, having a glass of wine or whatever it was that I that I wanted. And I just want to pause in my story really quick, because, you know, I do do a lot of inner child work with my clients, I do have them look back at why we believe the things we believe why we do the things that we do. And a lot of that really does come from our family of origins, we can't, you know, there's no way around that. That's just the way it is. But I also think that it's really important to not put so much of the burden 
or the, not, not the burden, but the blame on our parents for this, because they are also victims of this. Because the way we relate to our bodies and how we want them to look or not look is literally the front line of the patriarchy. This is like the battleground. And it's happening all over the place. I mean, like at the time of this recording, Texas law just got passed. That is a battle around who gets to control whose body, right? You know, like the same people who are passing that law are also the same people of saying like, you can't make me get a vaccine and like against vaccine mandates because of like body autonomy, which like, okay, fine. Yeah, I kind of understand that. But then like, this doesn't make any sense. So this is about control. And the thing is, is that if men can control the narrative around women's bodies, meaning what's sexy, what's appealing, what's not sexy, what's not appealing, what we can, what we can't do with our body, what's okay. Like, can we have sex on a first date? Can we have sex with 10 people in one month? Would that be okay? When we don't get to control what is okay, or beautiful, or acceptable, or anything like that, then we are getting distracted because we are trying so hard to, you know, look presentable, but not act like you try too hard trying to do this, trying to lose weight, trying to not be too prude, trying to not be too slutty, whatever it is. When we do that, we are just running around with our heads cut off. And when your heads are cut off, you're not very powerful. Okay, so this leaves you distracted and focusing on the wrong thing. It takes your power away. When you are chasing someone else's ideal or goal, you will never feel enough. It is impossible. Okay, so I say this because, you know, I did share a little bit about how this came from my family of origin. And like, it certainly did. But this idea is just impounded in our brains from so many other parts of our life. And also, I think it is important to see that especially the women of our families, they're victims of this too. You know, if they're trying to diet, if they're always trying to lose weight, if they're always trying to not look too old or whatever it is, these are all results of the patriarchy. They are not in it against you. They are also victims of the patriarchy right along with you. Okay. So I just want to to say that. Now, going back to my story, fast forward to my 20s or so, I started working on the Obama presidential campaign. And for any of you who have ever worked on a political campaign, you know that it's basically your life. You are working from about 7am to 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And when you're in that kind of job, you just eat what you can eat. And at least in that setting, what that meant was mostly pizza and some brownies and sometimes like those bag salads, but like it's basically just a vehicle to eat ranch dressing. (laughs) So basically it's not really healthy. And it was really for the first time in my life that I wasn't like on the diet train. I wasn't counting calories. I also wasn't taking care of myself because there's a lot of sitting at a computer when you're on the Obama campaign. Um, And there's also a lot of eating unhealthy food. And Obama campaign ended at the end of the campaign. I didn't have a job, so I was looking for a job. Also, I didn't have a place to live, so I was living at my mom's house temporarily. And I was laying on the couch, and I was exhausted. You know, working on the campaign, like I said, it's a million hours a week. And I remember I would do some door knocking sometimes and I would knock on someone's door. It'd be like a Saturday afternoon. And it was very obvious. They had just been sitting on the couch under a blanket, watching TV or reading a book, just totally relaxed, having a wonderful weekend. And I'm just like, I can't even begin to tell you how envious I was. That's how exhausted I was. I thought that maybe like, okay, after the campaign, I just need to relax for a weekend and then I'll be good. 
totally false. After the campaign, I was exhausted. It took me months to feel normal again, to have my energy up again. And because I was so exhausted, I just did not have the energy or the desire to start counting my calories again. Because if you've ever done that, you know that it just takes time and energy. And it's not like the time of like, okay, fine. There's like the time of like measuring things out and weighing them or whatever and putting into your app. But it's just like the energy because you're just constantly like counting things in your head and like, okay, if I have this and I can have this later. And it's just, I just didn't have the capacity for that. At the same time, this was around when Instagram was becoming a little bit more of a thing and bigger and really it's heyday of taking a picture of your food and putting it on Instagram. Like that was like the <laughs> that's when I was on the app and just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I had this friend and she was a vegan and she would blog about it. And she loved everything about it. She loved veganizing things like spaghetti and meatballs or macaroni and hot dogs or whatever, and posting about it and taking pictures of it and talking about it and talking about how the good the food was and eating it and just everything. And I remember just looking at her Instagram and just being like, oh my God, like, I want to relate to food like that. That looks amazing. I mean, the food looked amazing, but just like her passion for it. I was so attracted to that. And so in my head, I was like, okay, so if I want to relate to food like that, I guess I must be vegan. And so that's what that's what I did. I became a vegan, which to be fair, wasn't really the biggest jump because although I wasn't a vegetarian while in the campaign, because you just don't have the time to like figure out what you're going to eat if someone brings in pepperoni pizza. I had been vegetarian for most of my life before that. So being a vegan wasn't like the biggest stretch in the world. But ultimately, I did think that, okay, if I can be a vegan, then I can have this gorgeous relationship to food. And for a while, it really worked. For the first time in my life, I loved food. It was fun. I could literally just feel the food nourish. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today me because, you know, a healthy vegan lifestyle really does encourage lots of fruits and vegetables and beans and nuts and all that kind of stuff. And I just loved eating like that. I just felt so good. I just had this amount of energy that I never had before. You know, prior to this, food was just this transaction. It was like, okay, I can have 500 calories now, or I have to earn 300 calories. So it was just all this transaction stuff. And it just always seemed to be the days where I had no calorie allotment left that like, I could hear the cookies and the crackers and the chips and all that kind of stuff just yelling at me through my cabinets. It was just really torture, really torture. And the only time food ever to me was good 
was when I was within my calorie allotment. If I was over, of course, like I wanted to like the food, but I just felt so much guilt that I just wasn't really enjoying it, which led to eating more food to satisfy that craving. I don't know. It was just a really not great cycle to be in. But when I became a vegan and I really embraced this kind of vegan lifestyle that she had, it just really changed everything for me. What I was not expecting to happen was how much changing my relationship to food also was going to help me change my relationship to my body. I could feel myself getting healthier. I was getting stronger. I had more energy than I did before. My face stopped breaking out. And also the thing is I had gotten headaches all the time. And sometimes I would have like one of those like low grade headaches that would just last for days, if not weeks. And that stopped happening. And to be honest, I have no idea what my weight was during this time. Was it higher or lower than before? Honestly, I cannot tell you I was not weighing myself, but also for the first time in my life, it didn't matter. I didn't care how much I weighed. I just was feeling really good in my body. And that was huge. My body became no longer a vessel for me to feel good enough or to get attention from somebody. It just became something that I don't think I was using the word temple. Like now I relate to my body as like a sacred temple because I do believe it houses our soul. I wasn't using that language at the time for sure, but I was beginning to treat it in that very manner. Like this is something that I can take care of. I can, I can nourish, I can, I can nurture and not something that I have to try to control. And so because my body was no longer this tool that I used to get attention or to flirt with, you know, it's hard to put into words, but I think I just came across in a different way to specifically men that I was interested in. And it's not surprising then that, you know, a few months after that huge transformation for me, I met my now husband. And the moment that we met, I can still remember that first moment that we locked eyes and I don't want to say like, oh, it was love at first sight or whatever, but I just had this feeling of I'm pretty sure we're going to date and I'm pretty sure this time it's going to be different. And it's because I wasn't trying to get something. I wasn't trying to get his approval or his validation or anything like that. It was more of just like, this guy's kind of cute and he seems kind of funny. I'm kind of down with it. So let's see where this goes. And we were flirting that night and we were talking And by the end of the night, we were sitting at the bar together, just having a drink, chit-chatting, and he put his hand on my knee. And my first thought was like, oh my God, I didn't shave my legs. He's going (laughs) to think I'm weird or gross or whatever. That was like literally my first thought. Um, But what he said was, oh my gosh, your skin is so soft. How do you get your skin so soft? And I looked at him dead in the eye and I was like, kale. And we kind of joke about it now, but the truth is behind the joke that I really believe that, you know, I really felt for the first time, like what I put into my body has an impact on, yes, my energy and how I feel, but just like my overall well-being and my, and my health. And I was literally seeing evidence of it, you know, and breaking out and like my eyes being whiter and not like bloodshot and sleeping better and all that kind of stuff. And that really, to me, like this moment that was kind of funny, also just really marked an important transition for me in my life and how I related to my body and related to food and movement and all that kind of stuff. And I just want to say one thing that I am not a vegan anymore. And the reason is my favorite food in the whole wide world is sushi. I could eat sushi every single day. And for me, the vegan sushi was just not cutting it. I mean, look, I love a good like tempura soup potato roll. It is so good. 
However, I just really wanted my rainbow roll. That is my favorite roll. It's the one I get every time, no matter where I go. And I was beginning to feel almost like how I was when I was dieting constantly. I wanted the sushi. I would feel guilty for wanting the sushi. Sometimes I would quote unquote slip up and I would eat it and then I would feel guilty about it. And I'm like, hold on a second. This doesn't track right. This is this is exactly how I used to relate to food when I was constantly dieting. And so that's when I made the decision that, you know what, being a vegan served me. It was the bridge from where I was in my relationship to food and my body to where I got to now. And now it's no longer serving me. It has reached its expiration date and I bow to it. I am thankful for it. But what's more important to me than being vegan is having a healthy relationship to food. And so I decided that being a vegan was no longer for me and I was going to eat in a way that fit for me and my lifestyle and also just what I freaking wanted to eat because it's what I wanted to eat. And listen, it is so important to me that you get this. This will take time and it won't be a switch you flip on and then never dislike another part of your body ever again. I think for a lot of us, this will be a lifelong journey because even if you reach body acceptance and maybe like your 20s or 30s, hopefully you are going to age and things will begin to sag and you will begin to get wrinkles and then you will have to just reach another layer of body acceptance and body love, right? And same thing is if you ever become postpartum one day, you will probably have to reach another layer of body acceptance and body love And also, we still live in a patriarchal society. And while there certainly is a lot more body diversity on, you know, Instagram and commercials and TV shows and movies, it is certainly nowhere near it needs to be. And there certainly is a stigma against people, especially women in larger bodies. I think that for a lot of us, this is a lifelong journey. You're not just going to flip on a switch and be like, I accept my body today. And then like, that's just how it's going to be for the rest of your time here on earth. I think that we are going to be constantly faced with challenges and new ways to deepen this kind of work in our relationship with our body. I mean, if nothing else, you know, hopefully everyone listening to this podcast will grow older than what you are right now, which means things will probably sag. Metabolisms will probably slow down. You'll probably get some wrinkles. And all of these things will just invite you to enter into another layer, a deeper layer of body acceptance and body love and self-love and worthiness and all of those things. And while I do think that there has been some change or movement in the right direction in terms of body diversity on you know, TV shows and Instagram influencers and models and commercials and all that kind of stuff, we are still nowhere near where we need to be to truly let go of the story that it's better to be thinner. Uh, So I think this for most of us, again, it'll be a lifelong process that does not mean that if you feel like you've done a lot of this work, and then you're getting triggered again, or you feel like you've been doing this, but you still feel kind of crappy in your body, I don't want you to negate the work that you really have done because if you hadn't done the work, it's hard to know where you would be, right? So you probably still are in a better place than where you would have had you not done any of this work. And again, it might just be something that we all have to deal with in our life and there will be seasons of our life where it just feels really present and then seasons of our life where it doesn't feel really present. For me personally, I had a baby about a year ago and 
it feels really present. It feels, you know, it's, I don't think I'm where I was by any stretch in my, in my twenties, but I definitely can feel the kind of like that ping a little bit. And it's not always the most comfortable feeling. And I really need you to get this because I want you to listen to this podcast tour. I want you to implement some of the tools and the ideas and the advice that all of these podcast hosts are sharing. But I don't think you can skip this piece of it because I don't believe that you can feel worthy and good enough and always be dieting. Those two things just do not go together because if you are on the diet train, you have given your power to someone or something else. Now, I know you may push back and say, but I just want to be healthy. I get it. And healthy according to whose standard is the question I would ask. Do you want to fit into a certain dress size? Do you have a certain goal weight? How did you decide those numbers? Did your body get a say in this? And if you're being honest, I'll bet those numbers are fairly arbitrary and from societal ideals as opposed to something that would actually work for you. And I love Western medicine. I believe in Western medicine, but don't be fooled. The medical system can feed into this too. Don't let weight be your only marker to good health. There are just as many people in smaller bodies that are not healthy than there are women in larger bodies and are healthy. Be healthy and nourishing, but don't get tricked into believing that you're eating the kale salad or killing yourself at the gym for you. For me, I know that I'd probably feel better if I never ate sugar again in my life, but the mental anguish I would go through to avoid sugar would offset any benefit to never eating sugar again. So right now, I want you to put your hand on a part of your body that you hate. Go on. I'll wait. Even if you're walking, you can put your hand on your belly. That's not weird. You can put your hand on your arms, whatever it is. And I want you to hold that part of you the way you would a newborn baby. And listen, this is your body. This is the only body you are ever going to get in this lifetime. This body is housing your soul. This body allows you to have the human experience. To show up in the world, this body has allowed you to do your work Maybe it's birthed or fed another freaking human. Maybe it's climbed a mountain. Maybe it's built something. Maybe it's written important words. Maybe it's spoken important truths. Maybe it has taught something to someone. Maybe it was a helping hand for someone who needed the help. If you didn't have this body, where would you be? You are not in a body for a man's pleasure or for their gaze. Will there be men who come across your life who act otherwise? Of course. But the more you can treat your body like this, the easier it will be to write those people off. Those people are not worth your time, energy, or attention. And even if you did lose all the weight, do you really want to only be with someone who wants you at a certain size? You can take your hands off your body if you'd like. Or you can keep them there if you want to keep sending yourself love. That's fine too. So like I said, this is not a light switch that you just turn on and you get, and then you never have to deal with this stuff ever again. For me, like I said, this will likely be a thing I'll have to work on the rest of my life. And I'm kind of in it right now being in a newly postpartum body. And we also still do live in a patriarchal society. And this core wound for most of us will likely get bumped up again and again and again. And that's only going to happen probably more as we age, because again, there are other patriarchal stigmas against women who are, you know, not of the matron age. 
And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. I believe our body image can often be a leak to our worthiness. We can do all this inner work. And then at the end of the day, we can still be like, oh, I feel fat. (laughs) To me, that's a leak. And if that leak is big enough, it can wreak havoc on our worthiness. And when our worthiness is low, you are so much more likely to settle for scraps from partners, justify crappy behavior, or water down what you actually want from the person that you're seeing. So your assignment for this episode is to do one thing where you are going to treat your body like a temple. Now, again, that doesn't mean indulge, although it could. Just imagine your body's a temple and you're someone tending to the temple What does that look like? What does that feel like? So that can mean adorning it with jewelry or clothes that you love or makeup or lotions or oils that you love. It can mean moving your body in just a really yummy way, like going for a walk under the fall sun with the crisp air on your face. It can mean taking a nap. It can mean taking a bath. It can mean sitting down and like maybe you do really want a chocolate cake You're sitting down and like enjoying it and not also like scrolling your phone or watching Netflix while you're doing it. So you're mindlessly doing, but just like really having a full sensory experience with that chocolate cake. So I want you to do something to treat your body like a temple and then let me know. You can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant, or you can email me hello at veronicagrant.com. And put in the subject line, body temple or something along those lines. So I know I can catch your emails and see them easier. All right. I hope you love this episode. I hope it gave you some ideas on how you can relate to your body and begin to take your power back from whomever or whatever you have given it away to. And just a reminder that this episode is part of my Worthy and Love podcast tour. Yesterday's podcast was Teal Elizabeth from Relax Into Love. So if you haven't already, make sure you check out her episode. And tomorrow's podcast is The Dating Den with Marnie Batista. So make sure you check out her podcast. And if you want to get a link to all of the podcast episodes that are part of this podcast tour, again, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you are a new listener coming in from the podcast tour, please subscribe to the show. I think you'll really love it and won't regret that decision. And whether you are a new listener or old listener, like, you know, I love you. I, you know, I appreciate you being here and I will see you next week with a brand new coaching episode of the love life connection. Thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.